0: The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's news and talk. Hey everybody, welcome to Flyer Feedback.
1: It's John Bedell and it's former Flyer Nate Green and you here too as we await the live postgame comments of Dayton head coach Anthony Grant after this 72-63 win. The nine-point victory gets Dayton to 7-3 overall, now 3-2 in a 10 play. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. And don't forget that Flanagan's on Stewart Street is now hiring. They're currently completing upgrades to create that same Flyer faithful experience you've grown accustomed to since 1976. Want to join the team? Apply at Dayton at gmail.com. So we certainly thank our friends at Bud Light and Flanagan's Pub for their support this year, even though we can't be over there in person like we'd like to. Nate, really, this game to me was a tale of two halves. Dayton was down one at the break, 34-33 after Ryan Murphy sank a three just before the buzzer at the half. And then uh, Dayton comes out in the second half and really picks up the pace a little bit and blows Duquesne's doors off. They were up 16 at one point, and they end up with a nine-point win.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, I definitely would agree with that. First half was a little shaky. I felt like they we missed some opportunities. We didn't take advantage of – Duquesne's downfall you know they turn the ball over and then we wouldn't uh execute on the other end or we turn the ball over and then they come back and execute so we just had some missed opportunities in the first half but we picked it up in the second half
1: yeah there was times as uh Keith Walskowski was mentioning Nate and I we were talking he was mentioning this on the air but um we were talking about it Keith and I over at the arena and in the first half, it just was like they couldn't really put more than a handful of possessions together at a time. You know, they would go on a little 4-0 run, uh, and then they would give up three or four baskets in a row. Uh, just trading baskets, essentially. They just didn't, it, it for stretches to me, Nate, they just didn't look, Dayton did uh, not look very sharp in the first half.
2: Yeah, like I said, we, we saw glimpses of what we could be, but we needed to be on a more consistent basis and on a long-term basis. We need to get it for 40 minutes instead of getting it for five minutes here and then taking a couple minutes off and then giving us another four minutes.
1: Big night from your senior leaders tonight. Ibby Watson led the Flyers with 19. In fact, he almost led all scorers. The only guy that had as much as he did was Marcus Weathers on Duquesne. He had 19 as well. But Ibby leading Dayton with 19. Jalen Crutcher put in another 18 of his own. Mustafa Amziel continues to impress. He had 11 points. No other flyers and double figures. The closest anybody else got was Elijah Weaver adding eight, Zimu Keji adding nine. Uh, and uh, there was times that I thought, boy, this was like there was stretches of this game that was just uh vintage Jalen Crutcher. I mean, he was just taken over. And uh at times he looked like for a couple possessions during the first half, I mean, he essentially went one on five. He he just decided to just take over and uh, the offense kind of stagnated and he did his thing and it looked like he was going to one on five for a couple of possessions and went on a little four zero run doing so because he's Jalen Crutcher.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. You know, he, he's going to definitely be in the talk of, you know, one of the top players uh, for the season, for sure. Um, he stepped up and we had some other guys step up in different areas. Uh, you said we had Crutcher and Watson that was our leading scorers. And then we had uh, Mustafa that came in and contribute also, you know, as being a young player. And then we had uh, Jordy, he was on the rebound inside and I believe he had like nine or 10 rebounds. So, you know, everybody was contributing. And I also believe even Weaver, I think he contributed. and He had like six or seven assists, you know? So everybody contributed in different ways. And it's like, we have a puzzle and you know, everybody is a, part of that puzzle and a piece of it so when one part is missing or a piece is missing it's not complete and we got to have everybody on the same cylinders to uh to do what we're supposed to do that means get that victory
1: that's right and you're right on the head uh you hit the nail on the head there Nate with Weaver he had six assists tonight and talking about getting pieces parts back this team is getting healthier as the season goes along we know they've had a tough time with the injury bug and just losing bodies for a number of reasons uh this year and uh, But they're getting healthier as we start to go along here now with R.J. Blakeney getting back into the mix. Kobe Bray has been back from his wrist injury. Uh, tonight was the first time they had R.J. Blakeney back in a few games after he was dealing with something. Um, so they're starting to get you know these, these guys that are, again, still young, and it's going to take some figuring out. But I think they're, they're starting to become more comfortable, Nate, it seems, as they play more and more together. They're starting to be more cohesive. We're starting to see them develop more of an identity uh, it's not always pretty, but, you know. We've seen this is going to be a Dayton team that uh, I think the reality sunk in for Dayton Flyers fans the last couple of weeks that they just might not be all that good. But that's okay; they're figuring things out and and they're they're yeah. starting to gel. We'll be and... in the
2: middle. We'll be in the middle of the conference for right now, but you know, uh, when the postseason comes, anything can happen. So we just got to keep working.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, Larry and Keith talked about in this the postgame, Nate, it's just about guys settling into their roles. And when you look at somebody like uh, Jordy, like, just rebound, man. Just get us some rebounds and just help us out there. Weaver, if he can take some of the pressure, the ball-handling duties off of Crutcher uh, and just give him a blow once in a while, you know, just taking some of the ball-handling duties off of him, that helps. And then for the young guys, you know, Ibby's going to do his thing and make his shots. But then for the young guys, you know, Amzeal, uh Wakedji, Brea, all those guys. Blakeney, just make a shot if you're open. We don't need you to be scoring twenty a night, but if you're open, hit us some shots. And that that is starting as Larry said to become the identity for this team.
2: Yeah, we just need solid players that come in and when they're coming in they're not hurting us and they're they're contributing. And even if it's just for a few minutes, you know, four solid strong minutes is good for us. We don't want to have four minutes and we even had three turnovers and you know, miss, miss a couple easy shots. We need solid solidness and that's going to be the foundation for our team right now. And with Crutcher being our leader, I think he'll get all the guys on board and um, get them to understand what their roles are and what they got to do to fulfill those positions.
1: Yep. And uh, it's just good to see them recover Nate, after the, the kind of slow start because Duquesne jumped out to an eight 2 lead. Uh, they had even forced a five-second call in the inbounds for Dayton, and uh, one of their players jumped up and was on the court and, let's go, you know, he was shouting. And they just, the Dukes, oh, yeah. to me, I mean, they just had way more energy. And I thought they kind of punched Dayton in the mouth, and Dayton got kind of caught on their heels in the early goings of this one. But, I mean, give Dayton credit, they course corrected. And, you know, the first half wasn't always pretty. They were down five of the under-16. They were down four at the under-12. They were down two of the under-8, and they were in a one-point hole uh, at halftime after they had pulled to a 20 p- 28 point tie so they had pulled even at the under uh, at the under four Uh, but it just felt like Dayton was just kind of spinning their wheels and really couldn't get a whole lot done in that first half but uh, they went a little smaller they started they definitely even when Jordy was in there they just started to speed things up Nate and that's where it changed for me they weren't even you know waiting for Duquesne to get that defense set it was just grab a rebound and go and they were just off and running on the break.
2: Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. I mean, but we need that on a more consistent basis. And if we can get that on a more consistent basis, we're just going to gradually keep improving. And, you know, hopefully by postseason, we'll be in that, I would say that four or five position where we can uh, do something.
1: Yep. Well, what does head coach Anthony Grant think about this one? You're about to find out because he is live on the other side of this break with his thoughts on this 72-63
0: Dayton win with Larry Hansgen right here on the home of the Flyers. The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.
3: And hey, welcome back uh, here to the UD Arena, where the uh, Dayton Flyers uh, defeat uh, defeat the Duquesne Dukes uh, seventy two sixty three. we were Larry Hanskin, joined by Coach uh, Anthony Grant and, and Coach, I thought your team came out first half. Energy was good, effort was good, but in the second half, was was the attention to detail maybe what was that much better?
4: Well, I, th- I thought our defense was was really good in the second half. I thought it got us going, got us out in transition. We we're able to hit some threes, get some shots at the rim, and uh, you know I, I thought uh you know obviously once you get some easy baskets, kind of opens up for you. So I thought we were able to build a lead, but I thought it started with our defense.
3: And and a lot of stuff that happened, uh, the good things that happened in both halves, and especially in the second half, aren't aren't necessarily stat sheet things. I mean, granted, uh, Ivey and and, and Jalen scored the ball well, did some nice things. But, you know, sometimes just Jordy being big was big. Oh, no doubt. You know, he got nine rebounds tonight. His presence in there. You know, their front court,
4: I think, is one of the better front courts. And they've always played well against us. You know, you look at – Weathers tonight starts the game off with a couple threes and we knew uh, that he was capable but to be honest with you we, we felt like you know the, the the game would be determined by our ability to be able to battle with them him and Hughes and uh, they got several front court guys I think they played 10, 10 11 guys tonight themselves they played a lot of guys uh, but we needed to be able to battle and rebound and I thought you know our guys competed tonight uh, obviously they they were able to have some success but, uh, but I thought our young guys did a good job of doing what we needed to do to compete tonight.
3: And, and and how important is that? I mean, obviously you get that win, and, and you get the the big games from your older guys. But your, you know, your young guys they competed and they added stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, Kobe Bray hits two free throws. Those are the biggest free throws yeah. he's hit in college basketball so far.
4: No question, they were big. It's great to see him step up and, and be willing to put himself in that in that position. Uh, you know, he went and got the ball and, and was able to step up and make free throws. But yeah, it's always going to be a team effort. You know and, and obviously you have you know everybody on every team has a role to play and the better you can play your role the better your team will be you know so some guys role may be more of an offensive role you know other guys need to do other things that helps the team be successful and uh, you know that can change sometimes from game to game and, and certainly uh, as you get older and you get more experienced you know that 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 also helps so we're learning that you know and again it, it's one game but we'll we'll, uh, we'll take this and We'll learn from it and hopefully make us better for the next.
3: Well, it is a team effort, uh, not just among players but coaches as well. How did it feel good to have a full complement of staff uh, with you there tonight?
4: Yeah, we have more voices on on the bench. That was that was noticeable. Uh, yeah, but it's great to have uh, have everybody on staff back together.
3: All right, congratulations, Coach. Nice win. Okay, appreciate it. All right. So that'll wrap it up here. Uh, again, Dayton is on the road. It's now a four thirty game against George Washington. Not there, but at the George Mason Arena in Fairfax, Virginia. Uh, Keith and I will have the broadcast. We'll be on the air beginning at four o'clock on Sunday afternoon. So that wraps things up here. On behalf of uh, our crew back at our studios, uh, Brandon and and John Tisdale, and of course our Caleb McLeod, our engineer producer here at the arena. Keith Wallacekowski filling in for Bucky tonight. I'm Larry Hansgen. The final again, Dayton 72 and Duquesne 63. Now stick around for more Flyer feedback.
0: The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's news and talk. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Brought to you by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager. Premier health proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash sportsmed. Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. CareSource, with health insurance from CareSource, you're covered in kindness. Vandalia Blacktop and Seal Coating, make your parking lot look great again. Go to VandaliaBlacktop.com to see how. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers helping fans stay comfortable all season long. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's news and talk. University of Dayton basketball is a presentation of 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. The announcers for today's game were chosen in conjunction with the University of Dayton get up flyer fans it's the show just for you flyer feedback presented by bud light flyer feedback is brought to you by flanagan's pub on stewart street in dayton stop by after the game for delicious food and 24 beers on tap bud light keep it crisp with bud light frickers for over 30 years has been the home of fun food sports and spirits and by flyer spirit stop on over to flyer spirit on brown street and show off your flyer pride go ud call in with your comments or questions 457 1290 flyer feedback on 1290 and 957 whio dayton's news and talk Hey, everybody.
1: Welcome to Flyer Feedback. This is going to be a quick first
0: segment before we break for
1: news. Dayton, the winner is 72-63. Nine-point win gets Dayton to 7-3 and three. overall. They improved to 3-2 in a 10 play. It's John Bedell. It's Nate Green, and it's you here for Flyer Feedback, which is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. So, uh, Nate, Tizzy, how short this segment's going to be? Let's just break for news. How about that? <laughs> hey. I told you it was going to be quick, but we got to take a break and pay some bills. Nate, we'll be on the other side. Flyer Feedback will continue on the other side, right
0: here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. I like the timing of that spot coming out of break because what am I
1: to do, Nate Green, on Sunday? A Dayton grad, a dyed-in-the-wool Browns fan. I got both my teams on at the same time. <laughs> I mean, I might be flipping back and forth between Baker, Baker, touchdown, and maker and the Dayton Flyers on Sunday. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be a really hard-fire feedback, Tizzy, because I'm going to be multitasking during both these games.
2: <laughs> my, my, my.
1: Uh, do you know what the Steelers are, Nate? Do you know, by the way? Their record? They're done, son. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they're I done. <laughs> I know
2: the Ohio's. They are loving that right now. Oh, it's you know, so I, great. I, I'm personally, you know, I'm a... I'm a Ravens fan, you know, born and raised, so i got to represent.
1: Juju's got to eat the you-know-what burger, man. The Browns is the Browns, and he found that out the hard way on on Sunday. (laughs) wasn't that sweet. Hey, Dayton's a winner, 72-63, enough about my brownies. A nine-point win for Dayton, and uh, this is Flyer Feedback, where we're recapping it here live from our Dayton studios. Nate Green, because of the pandemic, coming to you through the power of Zoom. And uh, Flyer Feedback is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. Flanagans on Stewart Street is now hiring. They're currently completing upgrades to create that same Flyer Faithful experience you've grown accustomed to since 1976. Want to join the team? Apply at Flanagans Dayton at gmail.com. Nate, this was a Dayton team that was slow out of the gate tonight. They found themselves in eight in an eight-two hole really early. Uh, they really struggled to gain any footing in the first half. They were down at every media timeout until the under four, where they were they had pulled even with the Dukes at twenty-eight, and they were down one at the half. But then, Nate, really, they flipped the switch in that second half. The lead, by my math, was as big as 16 at one point. And Anthony told Larry in the postgame that he really thought it was their defense that got them going, uh, that got them some threes, some shots at the rim, really opened things up. And that's what Anthony thought was the difference in that second half.
2: Oh, I would definitely have to agree with him, too. But I also have to say we took care of the ball a lot better this game. Um, We only had 13 turnovers, and as a coach – you know, you, you would like to see your players between, ten. I would say, 10 and under. But 13 yeah. is doing a lot better than what we was doing because we was quite a few games in there. We was having 20, 21 turnovers.
1: Yeah, I was going to say 13 for that. Like you said, Nate, most coaches like 10 and under is the rule of thumb I always hear from a lot of coaches I know. And this team was <laughs> far from that. So 13 yeah. for this Dayton team, that's, that's taking care of the ball for a Flyers team that is really – struggled to hold on to it all year. And I think it was good just to get a win with against this Duquesne team, Nate too, because we talked about the death challenges, the departure, the injuries for Dayton and all they've been dealing with this year and them trying to figure out new pieces. Uh boy, Duquesne, they got I tell you what, I I've known Keith Damrod for a long time, being from Acronate. I know a lot of people that know him real well back home. Uh yes. but I tell you what, man, there's something weird going on at that Duquesne program because this is not the first time they've had rounds of Transfers just up and leaving this program. And I think a lot of people around the conference <laughs> look at some of the departures at Duquesne, just going, scratching your head, thinking, uh, what? Right, what's is, going on? What's going on over there? Because they just lost one of their best players, Sincere Carey. Just he up and announces he's transferring this week. Uh, they also lost Lamar Norman. He was one of their guards. They lost a third body, Maceo Austin. Now, Austin left the team for personal reasons and he's expected to return. But all three of those guys. Uh, Nate, were, were starters but when the season started. So Duquesne's a team figuring out their rotation uh, and just kind of meddling right now at three and four, and they've had to hit the pause button because some of the teams on their schedule have have you know been hit with COVID and whatnot. Uh, but this is not a Duquesne team, even though I know that we lost to Fordham, they, we, that Dayton lost to Fordham and uh, LaSalle this year. This is not a Dukes team that you really wanted to, to lose to tonight at home.
2: No, definitely not. Especially like you said, with all the losses they just had, um, it would have been a a sad moment for us because then we would be uh, reevaluating things on our end, trying to figure out what we're doing wrong. But um, we took care of business, you know. Yep. My thing is that I, you know, hope that we can get going is once we have our net, once we have our foot on their net, we need to just keep pressing, just keep pressing. And sometimes we let up off the gas pedal. And let the guy let the other team back into the game. But I think once we got our foot on the gas, we need to just keep pressing and keep pressing.
1: Yeah, and I think um, they but. I think they did that to open the second half, Nate, because there was really to me immediately out of the gate in the second frame a marked difference from the first half. Uh they were just moving faster. As Anthony said, the defense was leading to offense. They continued what they started on the back half of the first half, which was just picking up the pace. I mean, they they were grabbing a rebound, Nate, and they were off and running, and it was not, they were not even waiting for that Duquesne defense to get set. They were just, boom, off and running on the break. They pushed the lead out to eight by the time the first timeout hit. Then it's nine, then it's 16 by the under eight. Dials back a little bit. They're up 15 of the under four, and Duquesne sort of crawled back in in the closing minutes, but even then, Dayton's able to keep them more than at an arm's length with hitting their free throws down the stretch, and you know, they end up with a nine-point win, which for this team, I mean, God, that's oh. like a landslide with the way they've been playing cardiac kids the whole yeah, year.
2: Yeah, because you got to think, a lot of our games have been very close. You know, like you said, uh, at halftime, we was uh, we were down one, right? Correct. We, we, were, we were down one because they came and hit a three at the end, but we were down one at halftime, and, you know, a lot of games that we've been playing in, they've been close games. You know, we had a couple overtime uh, and, you know, a couple – you know, within five-point games. So we understand that when games come into the crunch time, we got to step up.
1: Yeah, and this almost really at times reminded me of one of the games Dayton played against Duquesne last year. Remember, these two teams have been pod teams, so they get to home and home with each other every year for at least since as long as I've been at UD. I, I mean, I, I started at UD in the fall of 06. And uh, Duquesne's been a pod uh, well, team for it, Dayton it's, it's every been year since. It's since I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> them, I mean, you get them twice a year every year. It's turned into sort of this, you know, it's a regional a 10 rivalry with... You know, they're relatively close in Dayton and Pittsburgh. Remember, Dayton swept the season series last year, of course, because they didn't lose a game in A-10 play last year. Uh, Dayton won 73-69 at Duquesne. That was at the Palumbo Center last year. And then the game that this reminded me of is the one at UD Arena last year, where even in the season of dreams and Dayton coming away with an 80-70 win against the Dukes at UD Arena last year, uh, that was the game, Nate, where much like today, Duquesne kept it close in that first half, even with Obi Toppin and company hanging around. And then Dayton was able to pull away a little bit and they end up with a ten point win uh in the second frame. Uh and and to get that win last year against the Dukes at UD Arena, tonight kind of reminded me, it had to me it had shades of Duquesne at Dayton this point last year.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh definitely did. But the good thing about it is it's a totally different team if you really look at it. Oh yeah. Um we had some guys out that a hurt and they're going to be out pretty much for the rest of the season. Um, that would have been big contributors to for us this year. Um, so that makes a big difference. Cause then we got some freshmen that got to step up and, you know, we even got some veterans that are gotta come in and step up, you know, Jordy, we, we need Jordy to come in and step up and be big, not necessarily be a big scorer, but we need him to be on the defensive end altering shots and then going for the rebounds you know, and if he can do that, that's going to make a big difference on our whole team. Yeah. It's going to make things easier for Crutcher to do. It's going to be uh, easier for Weaver to get to the basket himself. And it's also going to be nice for Watson because he'll be able to spot up in the corner because, you know, when, when Jordy gets the ball, he's going to be a threat. The double team's coming. He's not necessarily looking to score, but he's being aggressive in a scoring matter. So where he can kick it to the open guy.
1: Yep. Yeah. And that was what was going on today. I mean, you got uh, first of all, the guys you're referencing being out for nearly almost the rest of the year, uh, is Rodney Chapman. We got the word last week that he, uh, inju- the, the injury to his right hand was a torn ligament that he did. Uh, he injured himself in the middle of the LaSalle loss. So Rodney had, uh, surgery to repair that ligament, that torn ligament in his right hand. And he's out six to eight weeks. And if you look at the calendar, the 8 weeks Nate would put Rodney Chapman out until right about the end of February, the first week of March. Uh so they're going to get they're going to be getting Rodney back way late in this season and you know as soon as he's ready to go, he'll play because it's a senior year. There's I know this year doesn't count against anybody's eligibility, but he's going to finish a senior year and probably move on, so it's there's no reason to to save him up. He doesn't gain anything by doing that. So he'll be playing when he's back. But in in Chat's absence, now you got these younger guys and these newcomers having to sort of backfill because you got Ibby Watson and Jalen Crutcher doing Ibby Watson and Jalen Crutcher things, right? Leading the leading the charge tonight with nineteen and eighteen respectively. Mustafa Amziel being almost a double, not a double double machine, but a double digits machine. He had eleven tonight. Uh Weaver, a a veteran guy that you're that's that's, you know, now into the fold, or at least he's got a little bit of experience. He's only a sophomore, but you know what I'm saying? He's a newcomer. He's got eight. With yeah. Keji, a, a young kid filling in with you know nine, Kobe Brea with five in and, in and, uh, in his one of his first you know few games, really sort of getting back into the swing of things. So, as Larry was talking about, maybe they start to develop a little bit of an identity here, where you've got your seniors leading the way and your your scores and Crutcher and Watson and the young guys just hey, if you got an open shot, take it and hit it if you can, and but just don't try to do too much for us here, offensively.
2: Yeah, and that's what it is. You know, but at the end of the day, they're going to feed off of Crutcher. Crutcher is going to be that general on the floor, and he's going to lead them. And with his support, they're going to feel more comfortable in their position and their role. Because what happens a lot of times is, you know, guys coming in, and yeah, they're veterans, but they haven't been playing this role that they got to play this year. And then you have some freshmen that are coming in and just trying to figure out what role do they fit in, what role does... Uh, Grant him to play and in that process with Crutcher being the leader he's going to direct, and you know he's got to be vocal and let the other players know okay this is what we need we don't need you to be a 20 point scorer we need you to be able to knock down open shots when you're open and you know take care of the ball when we give it to you and then on the defensive end play solid defense and go to the uh Defensive rebounds, yeah, you know, those are the things that we're going to need other players to do, and then Crutcher's is going to do his thing. And you know, I like we all know that uh, Watson, he's definitely going to do his thing, those are going to be our two big scores, and then we're just going to need one guy that's going to come in, or a couple other guys that's going to be able to contribute with you know, seven, eight points, five points. Yep,
1: yeah, that was a, that was that was the case tonight, Nate and Crutcher, just at. Different points tonight just taken over, man. I mean, he just looked to me. I said it in one of the segments earlier, but he just looked to me, and this is no disrespect to anybody else in this Dayton roster, but he looked to me tonight, Jalen Crutcher did, like he was just going one on five, and he just took over. Uh, pretty full slate around the rest of the A-10 tonight. Uh, total of uh, five games tonight. Dayton, of course, a winner. 72-63 over Duquesne. George Mason, a winner at home. 75-42 over LaSalle. Still can't believe Dayton lost to them, but here we are. UMass, a winner, 80-78, uh-oh, over uh, rival Rhode Island. That's a little bit of a surprise uh, in overtime tonight, so that's 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 the surprise final for me in the league tonight. St. Bonaventure goes on the road and whoops Fordham, 68-54, and then VCU, a big winner over GW, 84 84- 77. So a pretty full slate of games uh, around the rest of the 8-10 tonight. And then Dayton, of course, Nate turns around and gets in kind of a weird scheduling blip. Uh, they get GW in back-to-back games. They'll go to – they were going to Foggy Bottom. They're going to be playing this game in a neutral site at George Mason. We'll get into that on the other side of this break. But they get GW back-to-back games. They play them Sunday in Virginia and then Wednesday at GW. Tonight, Dayton the winner, seventy two sixty three. It's John Bedell, it's Nate Green, and you here for Flyer Feedback, which continues the home stretch of it on the other side, right here on the Home of the
0: Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 957 WHIO. Dayton's news and talk. Call with your questions and comments now, 457 1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 957 WHIO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Flyer
1: Feedback. It's John Bedell, it's Nate Green, and it's you, dear listener. And we thank you for being here with us tonight. Dayton a winner, 72 63. The nine point win gets them to. 7-3 and three overall, and they improved to 3-2 and in a 10 play. The Dayton Flyers have now won six straight over Keith Dambrott and his Duquesne Dukes. It's Flyer Feedback, coming to you live from our Dayton studios, and Flyer Feedback is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. So, Nate, we've talked about this one. Let's look ahead to GW a little bit, because this is a weird scheduling anomaly for a couple of reasons. One, I don't remember the last time on the schedule Dayton has played a team in back-to-back games. Uh, GW was... Uh, in different slots on the schedule when it was first released, but there's been a lot of shuffling around because of COVID and whatnot this year. And when Dayton released an updated schedule after at least one of the GW games was listed as a TBA. uh, Here we are where the Flyers will play the Colonials on Sunday uh, in Virginia, and then they will turn around and play them uh, at home here at UD arena a week from tonight. So here's what's going on with GW. So, Dayton was supposed to go to Foggy Bottom and play the Colonials on campus on this coming Sunday. For some perspective here, if you don't know, GW's campus is literally blocks from the White House, and it's within walking distance of the western end of the National Mall, uh, kind of near the Lincoln Memorial. So, with everything going on in D.C. right now, with the security presence, with uh, the FBI monitoring various threats and, and armed, uh, you know, uh, demonstrations between now and Inauguration Day. We know there is a large security force, uh, mostly made up of National Guardsmen from across the country, in Washington, D.C. ahead of Inauguration Day. So then GW and Dayton come out last night and say, hey, the game has been moved on Sunday. They're still going to play GW, but we're going to play on a neutral site, and we're going to play at George Mason. So another 810 venue opens up there." Eagle Bank Arena and says, the Patriots say, okay, you guys can come play it here at George Mason. Uh, Fairfax, Virginia, where George Mason at, is at, is about 20 miles outside of Washington, D.C. Now, the A-10 and GW did not say earlier today why they moved. Everybody was pretty sure why it moved, but they didn't come out and say why that was. But we knew based on the yeah. timing of it, probably they just wanted to not have it in D.C., So then GW releases this statement tonight. So here's the statement that we got from George Washington University. Quote, Sunday's game was moved out of the District of Columbia in anticipation of road closures and other security measures like parking restrictions in place throughout the city. The venue change was made in coordination with the Atlantic 10 Conference for the safety, care, and efficiency of all personnel involved in the the game. Close quote. So it's the second home game that GW has had affected by what's going on in Washington. They had a home game a week ago tonight when we saw uh, the violent riot, the deadly riot at the Capitol. And they had a game against UMass that was scheduled for last Wednesday night. But, Nate, they could not get that game in because of the citywide curfew that went into effect in D.C. because of what happened at the Capitol last week. So this is the second home game that GW has had um, impacted by the goings on in Washington right now so just so folks know it's going to be essentially a neutral site game Nate because they're going to be playing GW and Dayton at at George Mason so it's a little weird but you know what what is uh, it these days could with COVID?
2: Us, though. It could be it could work in our favor you know playing at a neutral site and I mean granted George Washington is only 20 minutes from George Mason but You know, it's a neutral site, George Washington's, that's not their home court. They're not used to it. Um, You know, those little things, all you have to take that into consideration when it comes to game time, those little things, mental preparation. Oh, you know, you have a routine when you're at home, you have a certain routine now you have to travel a little bit. That routine gets thrown off. That could make a big difference.
1: Yeah. And I don't think any Dayton fans or any Dayton players would complain about not going to Foggy Bottom, Nate. (laughs) It's a place where a lot of good Dayton teams have gone (laughs) to have some not-so-great efforts and some bad losses over the years. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, That's another team that's dealing with some departures lately. So Jamie and Christian, uh, you know, is having a a little bit of a rough stretch over there at – at GW in his first couple of years, and uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's another A-10 team that, again, the caveat is, look, I know we've lost to LaSalle and Fordham, but that's a Colonials team. Uh, Nate, all due respect to Jamie and Christian. He's a guy I know a little bit and have dealt with professionally over the years uh, when he was at uh, Mount St. Mary's, uh, but that's uh, just not a very good GW team, and Dayton needs to go to George Mason and, and beat GW on Sunday.
2: Yes, we should do that. We, we definitely should. And then when they come back home, we should definitely do the same thing. Um, honestly, you know, we're not the team that we were last year, but we still are, in my eyes, a solid team where we can compete and we can be in the top runnings. I'm not going to say we're going to be a number one or number two or number three, but we can get around and be around number four or number five. That's good for us. And then when the postseason comes, anything can happen. You only got to win a couple games. You got to win one just to get in there.
1: Yeah, and you got a very top-heavy league. You know, uh, St. Louis. I know they they're probably the best team in the league right now, but they've they've hit the pause button because of COVID, and they uh, St. Louis doesn't know when they're going to start up again. Richmond's yeah. look decent, and VCU looks, looks looks pretty good too. But I mean, it's not like any of those guys. Uh, St. Louis is legitimately top twenty-five good. Outside of that. I don't know really how good anybody else in the A-10 is, but my point is it's a top-heavy league, and it's not like there's a whole bunch of world beaters. This is not the 2013-14 A-10, but hey... We'll see where Dayton ends up, but tonight they're a winner, 72-63. Dayton gets to 7-3. and three. They've now won six straight over the Duquesne-Duke. So that's going to do it for us, Flyers fans. We will see you on the radio Sunday. Remember, it's against GW at George Mason. The Bud Light pregame show starts at 4. Larry Hansgen will have the call at 4.30. So we will see you on the radio Sunday afternoon, Flyers fan. Until then, from my partner tonight, Brooks, uh, Nate Green, I'm John Bedell saying thanks for listening, everybody. Stay well. Go Flyers.